Jesus gave the world the Holy Spirit, He uses that uh, power of the Holy Spirit to tell the world, this is something you must do and you must need. Now, let's go and see these verses here. Uh, of course, in Mark chapter 2, verse number 14. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, he went to Levi's house, he was uh, at meat in his house, many publicans, <clears throat> many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. To get the scene here, he's, he's in Levi's house. This is not a Bible study, by the way, turned into one. But it's not that Jesus went to church. He went into Levi's house. He was a gentleman, and there was a lot of people there. Levi was a tax collector. He was rich. Now, verse 16 says, And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of, a, of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I pray today that you'll reveal to us our deep need for you. And not only we Christians have to be reminded how much we need the Lord, but God, we pray that we would be instruments to tell the world how much they need the Lord. And we ask God that you'll use us as we approach the Easter services that we plan to hold. And we pray and ask God that the whole world would hear about Jesus more this year than they ever did last year. And I pray, God, that you would have folks receive Christ as their Savior and get baptized and join the church and serve the Lord and, and grow as Christians. We pray, God, that you'll answer our desires because we need you. And without you, we can do nothing. God, we pray today that you'd first show us our need and then help us to show others their need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So now, the most serious qualification that a person must have in order to go to heaven and be saved and go to heaven, it, the most serious qualification has to be that they're unworthy of it. That's what Jesus was trying to explain. These people, you're eating with publicans and sinners. Don't you know who you're eating with? Uh, your disciples, don't, doesn't your teacher know who you're, who you're fellowshipping with? Now, realize this. Jesus was never having fellowship with sin. But he loved people, and we should all be glad about that because he loved us. And we were in no condition to get to heaven when Jesus met us. We are in no condition whatsoever. Boy, if you, if you knew me in my teenage years, you would say, how in the world did you not just get shot? How did you end up not going to prison? How did you end up not getting your head beat in because of your big mouth or whatever the case was? My goodness gracious, I was in no shape 
whatsoever to be saved or to go to heaven. Thank God I was in the shape to get saved, though. And, you know, Jesus has this, this wonderful thing about him is that he's a gentleman. Now, there's a sad tragedy in the world today. If you don't need the Lord, he can't help you. Think about that. If you don't need him, he can't do anything for you. He won't allow himself to barge into people's lives and just make them get saved. When we pray for people to be saved, <clears throat> what we're actually asking God to do is soften their hearts and convict them of their sin and show them their need so that they can realize their need and get saved. That's, that's really what we're doing. When we pray for somebody to be saved, we're not asking God to just barge in and grab them around the throat and say, look, you're going to get saved. You understand? Yes, okay, I'm saving you. Do you understand? I know you don't want me to save you, but I'm saving you anyway. That's not what we mean when we pray, Lord, please save this individual. That's not what God does. In fact, if we could pray for somebody's salvation and they, re and they reject it, God can't save them. God can't help people if they don't need him. No heart surgeon ever that I know of did a quadruple bypass or uh, change a heart valve or put a defibrillator in or a, or a pacemaker or something for a perfectly good heart. You know, you don't go to the doctor and say, you know, I'm doing great. My blood pressure is perfect. I'm, my cholesterol is great. I have a, you know, everything's good. I don't have any headaches. I mean, I run, I run a mile a day. I do 700 push-ups in 700 years. <laughs> no, I, I, I do. I, I'm in shape. So you don't, you don't go to the doctor and say, man, I'm feeling great today. Well, how, what do you want? Well, I said, why do you want to go in there and just do something to my heart? Uh, no, we don't need that. But if you, if you have a problem, then you see that problem and you go to the doctor. No heart surgeon would ever uh, do a heart uh, transplant on somebody if their heart is perfect. And Jesus is the great physician. He's not going to go in and just make people receive him. That's not the gospel. The gospel if that, that's, that's what these folks up here in Linden call uh, predestination, election, foreknowledge, and all that. That's not what God does. He doesn't say, I don't care what you say, I'm saving you. And I don't care what you say, I'm not saving you. Oh, where did that doctrine come from? The fact is that Jesus loves to help people in need. He loves to uh, respond to the cry of a poor person. He loves to respond to the widow. There's some mighty special people in this world, the Bible says. The Jews are very special people, like it or not. They're very, very, very special people. Widows are very, very special people. Jesus said that they are very special to him. Orphans, childless, fa uh, fa excuse me, fatherless, fatherless, widows. A true, pure religion in this and undefiled before God is that you'd visit widows in their affliction and fatherless, you know. And, and listen, we have some special people uh, that are in the, in, in the world, and the Lord responds to them. Another person that God's very special to 
special to him and very, very quick to respond is somebody that has a broken heart. Now, you know that in the Bible, the, the Lord says, I, I'm near to them who have a broken and contrite spirit. If you've ever had a broken heart, chances are you, you, you weren't really thinking of the fact that Jesus is a little bit closer to you than normal, but he is. He's only a prayer away for the brokenhearted. He responds quickly to a broken and contrite heart. He, 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 he shuns pride and um, arrogance. And, and the Bible says that you know, uh, he, he, he withdraws himself from the proud. Uh, somebody says, I don't need God. I don't need your church. I've had people that tell me in my own relative um, my, my own relative uh, family structure, not my immediate family, but I have some relatives, and <clears throat> I witnessed to one of my relatives, and he made me feel like I was just about two inches tall. He said, well, that's okay for you people that need, it, need that kind of thing. I asked him <clears throat> if, if he had ever trusted Jesus as his Savior. He said, well, that's good for you if that's what you need. If that's... If that's what kind of, you know, if you need that kind of thing, he said. <laughs> Man, if I've ever come, why don't you run into this? Uh, but no, I was, uh, I, I thought, what a, what a prideful thing to say. I don't care about Jesus. I don't need him. I don't care what you, and you Christians, if you have to have a savior, then go ahead. That's good for you. If you have to have that. Yeah, I do. I have to. I need Jesus. I've always needed him. There hadn't been a day in my life I didn't need him. And the fact is, those people that act like that, they need him really bad. They've got a festering wound inside of their heart, and they are ignoring it. They are in denial. And if you go into their houses, and you find out really how they're living, and what kind of pain and agony they have... And if you spend time with them, you can identify their need for Christ. And boy, I'll tell you, it's evident. Nobody can fake it forever. Amen. I'm glad I just broke down as a teenager. And asked Jesus, Lord, please come into my heart and be my Savior. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. If you, and isn't it wonderful that he's so close? He's so close to the people that need him. That's what he's looking for. And it's not like it's not like the Lord said, well, I want you to jump through this hoop first and I want you to uh, do the run a mile and do this and and uh, take this wafer and do these beads and uh, uh, take this little class here and then go through this little hoop and that little hint. I've got a maze I'd like you to figure out. And I, <laughs> God doesn't he doesn't he never did that down the leper colony. He didn't do that to Levi, the tax collector. He didn't do that to the thief on the cross. Do you see how close he is to people that need him? My question to all of us today is, do you need him? You know, he said, let's go to John chapter 8. And I want you to see there's a side of the Lord Jesus that's very, very, very strict and cold and hard. And I'll tell you what, don't you think for a minute that the Lord Jesus Christ is not very, very stern and unbending. Jesus Christ is not 
of an effeminate, robe-wearing, long-haired hippie that wanders around in Haight-Ashbury, San Francisco with flowers in his hand and say, peace, love, dove. I don't know where I'm going with this. He loves everybody. But he's not this floating little effeminate guy that they, they picture on the television. And, they, and he doesn't have, a, oh, my goodness, he's strong at times. He's way too strong for, for us sometimes. I want you to see this. Now, don't forget, he'll save anybody that needs him. But he will be very strict and hard for those who don't need him. And that's, that's, that's his job. That's his business. He's the Savior. He saves people. I don't save people. You don't save anybody. I'm not the judge. You're not the judge. God's the judge. But when he finds somebody that needs him, he will, he will go clear to the cross for that person. He'll go all the way to Calvary for every single one of us. In fact, exactly what he did. Watch this, though. This is a hard part of the Bible. But I want you to know it's there. In John 8, verse number 37. If you'll turn there with me, I want you to see this. He says, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, talking to the scribes and Pharisees. I know that you're Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen of your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then, then, they said, they, then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech? even because you cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Then answered the Jews, and said unto him, Say we not, Well, that thou art a Samaritan, and hast a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil. But I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory. There is none, there, there is one that seeketh and ju judgeth. Verily, verily, 
I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast the devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the uh, uh, prophets are dead. Who makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. If ye have not known him, uh, ye, yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Not one of those guys were talking to Jesus had a, a contrite heart. Nobody had a broken heart. Nobody had faith. They were antagonistic against him. They hated him. They wanted to kill him. They called him a devil three times, if, as I count it. And uh, they were proud about their heritage. They said, we, you, you don't know what you're talking about. We have God. We are from Abraham. And they, you know what? God, the Lord Jesus couldn't save them. He can't save him. I'm sorry, but he can't save him. Now, if one of them would come back around and say, I think I made a terrible mistake. I, I think I'm wrong. Would you forgive me? What do you think Jesus would say? Absolutely. I don't know one person in this world who's ever come to Christ and had Jesus say, well, I don't have time for you or I'm not really ready to save you. Uh, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. You shall find rest unto your souls. I will in no wise cast out. The Bible says, all the Father give to me shall come to me. And he that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. This world needs Jesus Christ really bad. I need him really bad. Thank God I've already been saved. Thank God you've been saved if you've trusted Christ as your Savior. But don't you think for a minute that your life's going to be a blessing if you take Jesus and put him in your back pocket and you go living in, living in the hog pen or living in sin. Don't think for a minute. You don't need Jesus anymore. You're in trouble. I need him all day long. I need him yesterday. I need him tomorrow. I need him today. I need him all the time. And if he saved me, he can do all the other things that I need. Amen? Amen. The scribes, Jesus said unto them so many times, Woe unto you. That's a terrible thing to have somebody say, Woe unto you, pal. Oh my goodness. You are in trouble. Woe unto you. Jesus said that over and over and over and over again. He said it, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Woe unto you, lawyers! Woe unto you that are full! 
Woe unto you that laugh now. Woe unto you hypocrites and Pharisees and Sadducees. You know, woe unto everybody that doesn't need the Lord. Woe unto everybody. Woe unto them. Oh, listen, we're not playing games in Christianity here. This is serious business. We're not one of many ways to believe. I'm sorry, we're not, we, we, we're not one in great big beautiful smorgasbord. You know, you're not going down to the royal fork. And you're not standing in line. I, say, I think I'll have a little bit of that. And uh, I think I'll have a little bit of that. And, and it all tastes the same anyway. But uh, you'll go to chicken. And remember, uh, what was it, the country buffet? Man, I used to love that place. But it, after a while, I was like, I think this all tastes the same. Uh, every single thing's been steamed. Nothing has sugar or salt in it. I'm going back home. But anyway, uh, but, but you know, Jesus said, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. That's the only thing that, that people need to get to heaven is the bread of life. We don't have a big, huge choice of all these different uh, religions in the world. That's not for you. That's not for you and me. That's for unbelievers. They say, well, I, I, got, I don't like that, so I'm moving here, and I don't like that, so I'm moving here. I've met people that used to be different, different cults, uh, maybe two or three different cults, and they're the most confused people in the world. Oh, listen, you find somebody that's been damaged by the cults, they're hard to, they're hard to uh, uh, I guess, to, to filter through all their belief, and all, all they really need to be is they just need to be loved and they need to be shown the way. Uh, listen, I can't save anybody. You can't either. But boy, oh boy, Jesus can't save people too. There are some people that cannot be saved, not because, not because it's impossible, but because they don't want him. And, and Jesus cannot save somebody that doesn't believe in him. He can't save somebody that says, I don't want you get out of my life. I don't want your name. I don't want your Bible. I don't want your church. I'm, I don't, all of your people that follow you are nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. They're, by the way, we are. We are. We're all sinners. Amen. I'm sure that everybody would have to agree there's some, some depth of hypocrisy in everybody's life. You say, well, God doesn't just make you, make you sinless and then use you. He, he uses you as you are, as you grow, and you know there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. So that's no excuse. People can't say, well, I'm, every Christian I've ever met, they're sinners. <laughs> oh, well, wow, that's brilliant. That's really brilliant. Um, so that's an excuse. Well, Lord, I didn't want you because your, your people, they're all sinners. I was looking for a perfect Christian. I was looking for somebody perfect. And Jesus would have to say, I am he. I'm the one you were looking for. Uh, aren't you glad? Well, I don't want to be a shepherd because of all the sheep. I don't want to be a logger. There's too many trees out there. I, I, don't, I, I don't want to be a doctor. I have no patience. <laughs> okay, well, if you'd give me some good jokes, I'd tell them, but you, you won't write them. And I get, sorry, that's all I got. Let's, let's look at Isaiah chapter 56. Oh, my goodness. 
if you'd supply me with some better material, I would use it. But no, really, we 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 have a hypocritical world out there, and they think that they have an excuse to to reject Christ. And by the way, some of us have really at times given people a reason to at least have a bad day. That should never be done. A Christian should never actually give another person a reason to actually have a disdain for Christianity. Uh, We're supposed to represent the Lord. There's no excuse for being a bad person. All right, let's look at uh, chapter number 56. Jesus never rejected anyone who needed him. And the question is, can any man show me where Jesus refused to love, refused to heal, refused to forgive, or have compassion on anybody that needed it? The fact is, no. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7. He says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer, Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For my house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. The Lord God, which gathereth the outcasts of Israel, saith, Yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. All ye beasts of the field come to devour. Yea, all ye beasts in the forest, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one for his gain from his quarter. Come ye, say they, I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink. And tomorrow shall be as this day and much more uh, abundant. That's religion. The Bible calls these Pharisees and hypocrites and unbelievers. It refers to them as ignorant, blind dogs, dumb dogs that love to sleep. That's pretty strong. That's, That's what I got. That's the kind of religion I got when I was growing up. I didn't. I wasn't in a church. I wasn't. But there's a lot of dead religion out there, and they can't help anybody. But when you come to Jesus, He responds right away, right away. God is near and dear to those who need Him. Let's go just one more chapter over. We are in chapter 56. Let's see what God says in chapter 57, verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. He says, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a what? Contrite and humble spirit. That's when your heart's broken. That's when you're sad. That's when you're wore out. That's when you don't have any strength. That's when you have that humble spirit. You don't have a lot of self-worth at times. That's when you think everything's gone wrong. That's when things aren't going well. That's when things are just come to a dead end. You're up against the wall. You still have God. You still have God to revive the spirit of the humble, 
to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Maybe somebody made a mistake. Maybe they got uh, tied up. Maybe they said something. Maybe they just uh, commit. There's a lot of Christians in, in jail today. Did you know that? Everybody with me? There's a lot of people that, that are believers <clears throat> and they are in trouble today. They're in prison and jail. There's a lot of people that, that really are saved, but they, they got tripped up into some kind of drug. And boy, that's easy to do. By the way, stay away from all of it. I don't even recommend aspirin anymore. I heard that'll kill you. No, no. I, I don't know. I, Motrin is the drug of choice, though. So, amen. I, I'm stay, I don't even want, I don't want any of them drugs. I don't, I'm scared to death of going to the hospital. You say, you got a problem? Yeah. Yeah, I got a real problem. You get sick when you go to the hospital. I'm not trying to tell anybody not to go. I'm just saying, I just don't want any, I don't, leave me alone. Unless you can prove I'm ill, then just get out of my life. I'm, I'm real. I just, doctors and me, uh, I, praise God, we got a good doctor. You know what he does? He's great. I love him. He goes, well, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> he said that before. He said, well, you know better. Uh, I stepped on a, on a red hot nail out here right before April, right before we went to South Dakota. <laughs> it was great. You know, I hate going to the doctor, but I had to. You know, I didn't want my foot to fall off. And, and I heard that if you step on a rusty nail, it's not a good thing. I did. And everybody said, you get to the doctor. Well, we were going to go on a vacation. And so I had to drive. And that's a, you know, that's a, that's a pedal foot. And so I said, okay, I'll go. And so, you know, uh, I went. And um, I, took, I took my sock off. He goes, whoa. Like that. Goes, that's nasty. And uh, I guess the nail actually burned and cauterized the thing, and it, it hurt for a while. <laughs> but yeah, I said, so everything's okay? He goes, no, no, no. I said, oh, I don't need a tetanus shot, right? I, I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've had plenty of shots in the Navy. I don't need any. He goes, you're going to get a tetanus shot. He said, yes, you will. And he was so serious. I, the, so the doctor that said, oh, I don't know, what do you think? You know, now he's going, you will get one. And man, I got one. Oh, man. But I guess they've improved them. It didn't hurt at all. And I didn't get sick. And my foot's better. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've, I've done the hospital thing. I've done, I'm done with it. I don't need a doctor anymore the rest of my life. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but no, you know how I feel is that I, I, I'm not against medicine. Just give me the right stuff. Don't fill me full of stuff that I don't need. You know, I, I'm not in denial. I'm just, I, I just want to be, I just want to be safe. I have a great physician and so do you. And he goes right to the problem, doesn't he? And uh, we shouldn't be in denial as a Christian. You shouldn't be fearful of the great physician. You shouldn't run from him. He's never turned anybody away. Look at Psalm 51. One of the greatest people in the whole entire Bible is King David. The man after God's own heart. The one that you and I should pay attention to. 150 Psalms. 
First and Second Samuel. Oh my goodness, there's so much that we've learned from him. David was a man of God. He was a prophet. David gave prophecy, true prophecy. He had a pastor's heart. He was the, a preacher. His son is called the preacher. Uh, Solomon was known as the preacher in, in uh, Ecclesiastes and, and, and his writings in Proverbs. And, and look what this great man who, who, who killed a giant. And this great man was king. And he was king over Judah and Israel. He was anointed, I believe, I think three times he was anointed with the anointing oil of God's high priest. He was incredible. And yet, look what he did. Well, he sinned. And that's not good. But look in verse 17. He tells us in verse 17, <clears throat> the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Was his spirit broken? What do you think? I think it was terribly broken. Uh, in fact, it was so broken in verse number 11, he asked God not to take his Holy Spirit from him. He must have felt terrible. In fact, the whole Psalm 51 tells us. But look, verse 17, uh, a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, Thou will not despise. Just because somebody needs help doesn't mean they're un unlovable and unhelpable. Listen, I, I would rather run into somebody with a tear in their eye than a frown on their, on their brow. I, I, it's much easier to talk to somebody that has a soft heart, a soft spirit, a broken spirit, a contrite and the Lord, he, he, he goes after that right away. And he, he, he shuns the proud. He, he withdraws himself. He resisteth the proud. And Jesus had to resist all those Pharisees. Listen, anytime you need the Lord, put your pride away and get alone with God. Anytime you have a problem, don't try to figure it out yourself. Go straight to the throne of grace where we can find help and comfort in time of need. Go straight to the, to, to the Lord Jesus. Don't, don't even hesitate. Don't be um, intimidated with people that might think you're weak. Boy, when I had that told to me, I, I tell you, I, I was just sickened to my heart that, that I was told that, uh, well, if you, if you people, if that's what you people need, if that's the kind of thing you have to have, that's good for you. Boy, he, he made me feel like, well, I'm stronger than you. I don't need your Jesus. But, you know, I don't know where he is now. I don't think he ever got saved. The question today from the preacher is, how much do we need the Lord? Well, Jesus said, I came not to heal the the." The righteous. I came not to, for the righteous. I came, came for the sick. Nothing wrong with that at all. Today, shouldn't we just go around every day think, Lord, I need you today. I need you, and I need you tomorrow just in case. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to face, but I, I'm going to walk with God. I want you to be with me. I want your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I need your presence. I need your power. I, I need your love. I need your approbation. I, I need your encouragement. Lord Jesus, I need, I need your smile. 
I need your friends. I need your people. I need your word. I need your church. I need, I need your spirit. I need God. And without you, I just can't make it. I'd rather be that kind of weak. That's, that's a good kind of weak. Amen. Do you need him today? He's available. Let's bow our heads for prayer.